This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. What I'd like to do today is just talk a little bit about Christology, and then we can touch on your book as well. Yeah, that'd be fine. I'm, I, I should be able to uh, deal with that relatively easily. What I'll do is I'll just give a brief introduction, and then we'll jump right in. Perfect. Make sure to keep listening after the program to find out how to receive a free MP3 download from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Dr. Mark Jones is Senior Minister of Faith Presbyterian Church, Vancouver, where he has served since 2007. He is the author of several books, and he comes to talk with us today about the topic of the knowledge of Christ, who is Christ. So, Mark Jones, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. So let's begin with an overview. What topics are normally covered in Christology? What are some of the big issues? Uh, well, the uh, the first thing to discuss when it comes to Christology is the basic uh, distinction between the person of Christ and the work of Christ. Uh, so uh, Christology, uh, for some, may have in view uh, Christ's person and matters related to uh, who he is, uh, whereas uh, theologians will also typically, under the rubric of Christology, bring in his uh, work as well. So uh, big-picture Christology has who he is, which is uh, Council of Chalcedon, 451 A.D. Uh, but then if you look at some of the other ecumenical creeds and if you look at the later confessions, uh, Christ's work comes into the picture as well. So what are some of the neglected issues? As you meet with Christians, uh, perhaps Christians in your own congregation or Christians as you travel around, what, do, what is your sense for what some of the neglected issues are in Christology? What are the things that people don't know or have any sort of appreciation of uh, that, that they really ought to? Well, that's a good question. As a, as a pastor, I, I answer this question typically the same uh, when I'm asked. And I think one of the, the grievances I have in today's church is how... Uh, poorly understood the person of Christ is uh, compared to his work. So, uh, for example, a lot of people uh, can unwittingly get to a place where they're very grateful for the benefits of Christ, such as uh, justification, adoption, and sanctification, but they uh, don't actually get closer to the person of Christ and loving Christ for who he is and just loving him for what he's done. Now, nobody would, of course, say that, but the, the net effect of um, how a lot of people talk is that they're more concerned about what Christ has done for them than actually wanting to know Christ himself and who he is. That's interesting, and if you think about it in personal and relational terms, if that's how you felt about another individual whom you know, uh, that wouldn't necessarily seemed to be a very deep relationship at that point, if all I knew was what someone could do for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I liken it. It's uh, it, Some people find it a little bit crass, but, um, you know, we mustn't make Christ into a prostitute. And, and of course, you know, what I mean by that is uh, the person who, who goes after a prostitute is only concerned about uh, getting a, a need of his net rather than loving the person, whereas in the uh, marital relationship between a husband and wife, 
we love our wives, uh, not just for what they can do for us, but for who they are. And so I think in Christology, if we can keep in mind the, the marriage uh, analogy, uh, it will help us a lot in uh, how we conceive of Christ. You mentioned some of the earlier controversies in the history of the church, and many of them, of course, dealt with Christology, whether the Arian controversy or you mentioned earlier uh, the Chalcedonian formula. How important is it for Christians to be aware of that historical background, the historical debates and controversies in Christology? Yeah, I think it's very uh, helpful. I mean, we don't want to uh, you know, get to the point where we're... Uh, expecting, uh, you know, a 70-year-old lady to be able to understand uh, fine uh, distinctions that uh, theologians have wrestled with. And yet, at the same time, we do want the 70-year-old lady, for example, to be aware of some of the, the basic issues. And, and again, Christians unwittingly today can fall into a form of heresy, not really knowing it, but not uh, really understanding that, for example, Christ has a true human nature, and that means that he has both a body and a soul. And, uh, you know, even something like his brain, for example, he had a human brain that, that functioned and worked, and he had to process thoughts. Uh, some people think of Christ's soul also as sort of his divine nature. So there's a body, but his soul or method of thinking was the divine nature. So they, they don't really know what to do with the two natures, how they uh, work together, and sometimes what they end up doing is making Christ uh, less than human and less than God because they uh, mix the two. So uh, it is important, I think, and, and the more I preach on, on Christ, the more people come to really appreciate uh, all that he went through on earth for us when they appreciate his human nature. So that leads into my next question, which is you've just completed this book and you've preached obviously a great deal on the person of Christ. What what did you learn? Were there emphases that came to the forefront in a fresh way for you as you investigated the the person of Christ? Yeah, I think for me the the, the getting a handle on Christ's person uh, uh, over the last 10 years it's, uh, of study in this area has really helped me to appreciate his work in a way that uh, I, I hadn't appreciated before. And so that's why I'm so zealous to uh, insist upon understanding his person. So, for example, when, when Christ sympathizes with us, um, the only way Christ is able to sympathize with us is because uh, the Son of God assumed a human nature and was tested and tried and went through agony and pain and suffering and ultimately desertion on the cross. And so uh, that experience, uh, based on the fact that he had a true human nature, uh, enables him to sympathize with us now uh, where he's in glory. So, you know, things like that, or his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat like drops of blood, uh, you know, he had a, a real intense emotional, psychological experience in the garden. Uh, he wasn't just putting on a an act or a show, as some early church fathers uh, thought. He really was agonizing, uh, almost to the point of death. And uh, for me, that's that really heightens the, the aspect of his active obedience on my behalf. 
So, how is your book organized, and and why did you organize it the way you organize it? The book, by the way, and I don't think I've mentioned this up to this point in the interview, is Knowing Christ, and it's published by Banner of Truth. How did you organize it, and and what was the thinking behind your organization? You've talked about the two big, you know, person and work, but but more specifically than that, how did you conceive of going through this? Well, I, I wanted to write a book that kind of encompassed the whole spectrum of Christology to some degree. There were chapters I'd love to have written, but you know, a book has to be a book and not uh, several volumes. So what I what I tried to do was uh, just establish the point at the beginning that you know Christ desires and prays that we know Him. Eternal life is that we know the only true God and His Son. Jesus Christ, and and that led into, um, you know, before the foundation of the world, Christology uh, in terms of the pre-temporal covenant between the Father and the Son, and then I move into the temporal realm, uh, the incarnation. Uh, I look at his humanity. I look at Christ and the Holy Spirit. I look at Christ's faith, his emotions, uh, how he read the scriptures, his prayers, um, his temptation, the transfiguration, miracles. Uh, and then I lead naturally towards uh, the areas we're probably more um, aware of, his death, resurrection. But then I continue, which I think is is really important, into his exaltation, his intercession, uh, and even get to the point of discussing Christ's wrath and uh, also the beatific vision where we will see Christ face-to-face in heaven. So those are just some of the topics where I wanted uh, readers to know that Christology doesn't end with his death or resurrection. There's much more that needs to be said uh, even after those uh, important uh, times and moments in his life. If one of our listeners is thinking about this topic, um, one of the questions that I can imagine occurring to people is, what books would you recommend? What sources did you find most helpful? Obviously, uh, you're, you're, you're basing your, your knowledge of Christ on the scriptures themselves, but, but what, uh, beyond the scriptures, what books or authors have you, uh, have given you the greatest insight? Well, in the foreword, uh, J.I. Packer makes the, the point about how I, I have a clear dependence upon the Puritans, and, uh, he's, he's absolutely right. They, uh, were magnificent theologians, but they were pastors, and the way in which they write uh, is so pastoral. They make Christology uh, not only useful but important for the average uh, layperson in the pew. So, uh, reading Thomas Goodwin, uh, "The Heart of Christ in Heaven Towards Sinners on Earth," or "Christ Set Forth" in Volume Four of his works, uh, reading John Owen, uh, you know, he all over the place really, but. Those are the two major uh, figures. And Stephen Charnock as well has a wonderful way with words, but his is uh, a case of having to do a lot of digging to find those uh, nice nuggets of truth. So those from the Puritan era, I really uh, appreciated Owen Goodwin and Charnock. And then uh, as I move you know, over the, over the ages towards the 21st century, uh, it wasn't really any one person, kind of a smattering uh, here and there, but uh, you know, I'm really uh, dependent upon uh, theologians uh, from the Reformed tradition. I think that generally the Reformed Christology uh, does the most justice to Christ's humanity and divinity, uh, and so for me, it, it's distinctively Reformed. And I think um, you know, there's some really 
um, good works out there. Donald McLeod writes a lot on Christology. Uh, he's someone who's worth reading on the topic. Uh, and then you can go to the early church, and, uh, you know, they're not always as precise or exact as we'd like, but sometimes they have remarkable insights into the person of Christ uh, in some of the early church fathers like Augustine or Irenaeus uh, and so on. So those are the authors from whom you've benefited, uh, Charnock, Owen, Goodwin, uh, and, and some of the early ones, Irenaeus. I- I'm wondering where where would you point someone who was – uh, new to this topic, perhaps a, a new believer or someone who said, yeah, that's right, I don't know Christ in the way that I ought to. Beyond, of course, the fact that we would recommend your book, are there other books that you would recommend as introductions to this whole study? Well, uh, it sounds a little self-serving, but this book actually uh, sort of resulted from a pocket guide to Jesus Christ that I wrote, uh, which is actually for that very purpose, to introduce people to Christology. And the feedback had been uh, quite positive from people who'd read it that I thought, you know, something more substantial needs to be written on on the topic. So I have, with Christian Focus, a Christian's Pocket Guide to Jesus Christ. Um, But, you know, there's plenty of uh, good uh, introductions. I think, actually, even reading the Westminster Confession or the larger catechism on the two states of Christ is exaltation and humiliation. You have some really good nuggets there of uh, basic Christology in an accessible way that people can understand and, and learn a lot from. I, I have to say, every time I go back to the larger catechism or the shorter catechism on Christ, I'm continually surprised at how uh, rich the Christology is uh, in there. And then, uh, you know, you, you probably uh, would enjoy uh, Donald McLeod's uh, work uh, on Christology I mentioned earlier. Just look him up, and uh, and you'll find different uh, books that he's written. So those uh, Donald McLeod's work would be some of the stuff I would go to. I don't always, we don't always uh, agree on everything, but I think he's written some great stuff. And Doug Kelly has a uh, volume out in his Systematic Theology. I think it's volume two on Christology, and I really learned a lot from Douglas Kelly uh, in that volume. Mark Jones, thank you for your time. The book is entitled Knowing Christ, and we really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a podcast of placefortruth.org. Placefortruth.org is a website of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, proclaiming biblical doctrine in today's church. Just for listening we'd like to offer you a free mp3 message. Visit placefortruth.org to download The Heart of Christ in Heaven by Mark Jones. And listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.